Hi. We are a day late, but always a dollar short. And a dollar. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, I mean, I, I, we didn't rehearse that, so how could I be mad? Oh, of course. I didn't rehearse the anything. Most radiest thing you can possibly do. Yeah, it's uh, it's Thursday, not Wednesday. But I was in uh, uh, Las Vegas for and our National Association of uh, National. I can't speak. National Association of Broadcasters, squeezing. As a, as a fellow broadcaster right now, uh-huh. I went to the national, na- <laughs> I'm a fellow broadcaster who can't speak. I went to the National Association of Us. Oh, neat. I came home quite wiser. Ooh, did you learn something new? Did you find any new toys? Uh, some stuff. It's actually lights for you there, handsome boy. Possibly. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. He uh he had some uh the eye can big fixtures. Yeah. Looks like I mean I wouldn't take those on shoots, but they might be good for in the studio. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm not. I was eyeballing them a little when they announced them a while back. I was looking at them like those are neat. Yeah, he uh he's gonna give us a demo this summer. So. Oh, I like demos. They make you feel so important. Yeah. Because you know they're salesmen, but still. I like to feel important. Yeah, he, he uh, who gave you the water bottle? Does it munch? Uh, muncher. Yeah. I gave mine to Enchantress. Ah. She likes water bottles. I don't like metal water bottles. He gave us, he was so, after uh, talking to me, he was so gung-ho about a, a sale, he took us around to the back and Ooh. <laughs> blew us all. <laughs> I gave us all water nice. bottles. Are you, are you a little, uh, a little hot? Am I? You sound a little over moddy to me. Do I? I don't yeah, sound over... Okay, maybe I'm a bit. It could be my ears. Although, no, Turn I have it. perfect hearing for the Hold on. nurse lady today. Hold on, just... Uh, how does that sound? Better? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess... I don't know. I might have been a little hot, a little hot there. Because yeah, uh, well, Izzy fucks with my gain. Izzy. So, sorry about that, listeners. Um, my uh, not so dulcet tones. Uh, so I want to pick a bone with Warner Brothers Max Squeezer. That's Ooh, I want to. I like show. bones, especially when they have chicken wings on them. <laughs> uh, so did you see the announcement that um they're doing Harry Potter as a TV show? Each book's its own season. That's kind of like what I wanted with Jurassic Park. No, that's what I pitched with Jurassic Park. Well, no, like. I always no. I, this is like way back. Even as a kid, I thought it'd be nice. Like I, I pitched it. Like, don't you remember? That's what my bone. You fucking ruined my segment. We should have rehearsed it. <laughs> but, you should have told me. <laughs> I pitched on this show. Peacock Universal, who has the rights to Michael Crichton stuff, should do each of his books as a se- series, starting with Jurassic Park. Oh, I was well. Uh, yeah, but no, I meant like when I when I was young, when I saw the movie and I read the then I read the book very shortly after i'm like it'd be so much better as a mini series to draw it all out right but i i pitched on the show that should be called the michael Crichton anthology and each season 
they do his book a book right yeah that's something i pitched on the show and then when i saw they're doing that with harry potter i'm like well fuck that's my idea but for huh. michael Crichton with peacock and, and it's your idea for things that you don't care about well yeah they're doing yeah, they're doing it for something i don't give a shit about but and why didn't the harry potter movies just come out like uh it, look you say that but they didn't just come out yeah, that... that's like when they said they're going to make new Lord of the Rings movies. They're like, "Why are they making new Lord of the Rings movies? They just came out." Be like, "No, they didn't. It's been a while." Actually, the first. Well, the last one came out in 2011. So, okay, that's 12 yeah, years ago. 2001 was the first one. Right, I remember 2001 was the first one, but okay, so 20 Wait, years. Was it really only? It feels like. <clears throat> I don't know, because they still put it in like the fourth one. They just like crank those things out and. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Who's the kid in that thing? Daniel, isn't he like 40 now? I don't oh, know. He's, 30. he's 33. How the fuck should I know? Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, oh, by the way, I had another yeah. bone to pick with you. Ooh, I like bones, especially when they have like ribeyes on them. We were uh, talking about on the show last week. The song Holding Out for a Hero. Who are? Yeah, from Who's Harry Crumb. Okay. Uh, I need a hero. Who? Yeah. You failed to tell me. I guess you, I don't know if you're saving spoilers. It's in the fucking Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh. That you yeah, saw. I, the training I montage. Wanna, I didn't want to ruin it for you. Did it dawn on you at all, or were you just did you just uh, forget I don't about know. it? I don't know if it even dawned on me. <laughs> the, that night, so we went to see it Thursday night, the next night at the shank oh, yeah, while I was driving, and I liked it. It was good. It wasn't like like life changing, but it was good. No, but it was fun. Yeah. So, um, and then the training montage comes out, and they're playing "Holding Out for a Hero," and I'm like, "What the fuck, Squeezer? You could have at least brought that up." Like this song's know, in the movie I, I saw my, yesterday. You know, I don't retain things. Yeah, and then um. We started watching Tetris last night. It's in there, too. Really? I was huh. like, why is this fucking song everywhere? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And it's in two of my favorite movies, Short Circuit 2 and Who's Harry Crumb? Huh. Uh, yeah, I, I liked I liked Mary. It, 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 was every, it was everything the critics bitched about it being, and I have no problem with that. You know? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my god, spoilers people. My favorite spoilers. My favorite part of the movie was the commercial in the beginning using the fucking oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers. I knew dude, I'm not going to lie. I'm there with my children and that it starts off with that and immediately in my head I go, "Oh, Ryan's going to love this." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my favorite part. They were mortified at Bowser though. Really? I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, they they, well they get played. they're little scaredy pants. They it <laughs> wasn't until the end and they were like they got a sigh of relief with the whole uh so, post credit scene. I noticed because I was looking for it, but did you see the piano said Ludwig von Bo- uh Oh, uh, I saw as the first thing I saw. Koopa. I wasn't even looking for yeah. it, like stuck out to me. I'm like, oh, I love it. Little Easter egg. Well, I, I maybe I mean, come on, the the sequel's gonna have to have the Koopalings. Oh, I would hope so. Yeah. And and I mean and it, it give me Yoshi now. You see him for a split second. Yeah, you see him running through the background. A bunch of Yoshi. Yeah, there's like a whole herd of Yoshi. Yeah. Are they Yoshi or Yoshi's? Canada goose. Um, sorry, I 
just closing some windows. Uh, yeah, Yo- Yoshi there. Yoshi, yeah. That's the plural. Yoshi. Okay. I think. I, I'm talking out of my ass. I really don't know. Oh, it's fine. I don't I don't think an English professor is going to come down on you on that one. Okay. Um, But yeah, I liked it. Uh, we didn't stay. For, uh, Enchantress was wiped, so we did not stay for Dungeons and Dragons. So, oh. yeah, we'll get to it. I, I feel like it's uh, you can stream that. Yeah, and we're getting closer and closer to it. So, big events happening. Um, biggest probably Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming out May 5th. Second biggest, my sister's getting married next week. Aw. Um, yeah, she's getting married next Friday uh, up in uh, New York. And that's exciting. Um, she keeps saying she wants to come back on the show, but, you know. She hasn't, so she's like, when are you going to get me back on the show? I go, when are you going to come back on the show? You come on. I mean, you don't really come on the show. She just kind of shows up and hangs out on the couch and... Oh, yeah. No, but she... Magazines. She called in um, when we were doing... Or during COVID, remember? Oh, that's right. She did do that, yeah. Yeah. But I, I when we did them in your place, she'd just be hanging out on the couch. Yeah, well, she... she making always... fun of us for reading magazines. Yeah. Crash on my... Uh... On my couch. Did you see, by the way, Arcade 1-Up released the Fast and Furious arcade game as one of their arcades? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't. I guess it's it's hard to, to get um, licenses. But, man, that one's a week. Yeah. It's, it, there's a lot of racing games. I mean, if you're going for the... Cruising USA is what I want. Hell yeah. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Daytona USA. Well, they, I think they have that one. No, Do maybe they? they don't. That's the Sega one, right? Okay. Sorry. Road Rash. Road Rash is a motorcycle uh, console game. Was that an arcade? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I think, yeah. Was it a driving arcade? Uh, yeah, I think it had a... Uh... How'd that work? I might be talking out of my ass. That's what we do best on this show. We should just change it to talking out of our ass. Talking out of our asses with the rad years? No, just talking out of our ass. Oh. No, change the name of the show from rad years. Oh, I, it was uh, Hang On. That's what I was thinking of. It was what? Hang On. Ooh. It's the equivalent of Road Rash, but... Oh, oh. For, it, it had like... It had Squeezer. like the handlebars instead I, of. Like, I was a fan of the Road Rash spinoff. I don't even know if it was Skitchin, where you're rollerblading and you get on the cars. <laughs> I played the shit out of that on Sega Channel. I love Skitchin. I'm about to go Skitchin. Uh, so last week I read all our negative reviews and asked that if I changed your minds, could you. Um, You know, find it within yourself to write a new review. Did it work? No. Well, we got one. And I'll read it here for you. Uh, Well, this one sweet boy wrote this review. I didn't send a review. Uh, I mean, you're not, you're a sweet boy, but you're not, I mean, you're the sweet boy, but there's other sweet boys, I guess. Oh, okay. So this is from Alabama Official. Uh, They gave us five stars, and their uh, title of the review is Monday Night. This is a great show. What's the best way to describe it? Okay, you are watching Raw is War, chilling out. Squeezer is like the La Femme Nikita commercial that is causing stirrings inside. RK is like my mom yelling downstairs to go to bed, school tomorrow. 
dash five stars. Oh. I guess that's a compliment. I think so. I mean, he looks to you as like a mother figure, right? And uh, I get him all hot and bothered. You stir or, his or loins. Oh, oh, it could be a lady. It could be. It could be, um, a lady that stirs. You stir I their am, loins. I am her lefem Nikita. Yeah, you're my lefem Nikita. Yes, you're my silk stockings. I, that's the best compliment you ever gave me. <laughs> Anyway, that was one. Thank you, Alabama official. Um, for thank you, Alabama official, for saying something so nice uh, uh, in a, so in a kind. comment. And we it's been it's been since almost a year that we've gotten a a review and a comment. Uh, not a nice. Uh, um, I guess it is a review, not a comment. A nice review on Apple Podcasts. So it's nice to get one. We need. Um, Affection. I saw this funny meme how uh, people are turning into dogs. This is the older I get, the more dog I become. Obsessed with being given affection and being told I'm doing a good job. Losing my damn mind every time I get to go for a nice walk. Terrified <laughs> of the doorbell. <laughs> it's true. I love a nice walk. Yeah. Um... All right. What uh did you uh did you get time to finish uh Mando yet? I'm slowly chipping away. Uh okay. just listen, this season of Ted Lasso it, 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 is it so it, they, good. They finish off on a strong. I no, no, I'm not saying that. Ted Lasso is so good this year. It's hard to like watch anything else. Um Ted Lasso everybody is just feel good great television. And kudos to everybody involved in make doing that fucking show. You're just happy at the end of an episode. Like, you're sad uh. that this episode's over, but you're just happy you were there for it. And, yeah, it's really good. This last episode, when they were in Amsterdam, was fucking fantastic. I, I don't have the uh, Apple... After this season, I think it's the last season. Mm -hmm. You should just get like, like one of those trials. Oh, I can do that. And just binge Ted Lasso. Just, and I'm jealous that you'll be able to binge the whole show. Oh, I'll do that because it is that good. That's that's what I'm waiting to do with the 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 Crunchyroll in like a month or so. Because uh, what's that anime shit? Yeah, there's a Gundam show out, but I that's the only one I really want to watch. I don't care about anything else, so I'll. Wait till that's done and then poof, crush it. And then crush I can watch you. it in a week. And then, I, and then I'll forget to uh, cancel it. And then uh, just give them my money for uh, time in memoriam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you'll forget to cancel it. Yeah, just constantly giving them money. Um, other news. I did. I, I saw there's the, like animated sequels to. Uh, Stranger Things coming. Hmm. And what about all the Star? Did you watch Indiana Jones trailer? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it looks okay. We talked about that yeah. last week, I think. Yeah. But what about the, so that they're doing the continuation of Ray's story for Star Wars? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, no one I wants that. Almost, Does anyone? Want I, that? I feel like the whole. Am I wrong? Does anyone want that? So I I think this 
current season of The Mandalorian. No spoil. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but this whole season it sums up where the entire universe is oh, as a whole, oh, which is all, just all over off. the fucking Hold on. Place. Izzy just turned you off. Hold on. Can, it sums up the whole universe. Izzy, why it you... sums up the whole universe as a whole, which is it's all over the fucking place. Uh-huh. Like, there's all, they, like no one is editing. Like, okay, we got to set up this episode where they, they, you know, find out where he is. So let's do a hour of some nerdy guy walking around an abandoned ship. Yeah. I liked I liked the ones where he, there's a problem and there's a big monster and he has to go in and and like yeah. Be like Ho- come, hopefully come the way through. it looks like they set up season 3 mm-hmm. or 4 cuz they're writing it now. Yeah, I mean it it they, ends they, on They announced they're going to finish the series with a movie. Yeah, so it it ends with if if the show were to end today, you'd be happy. It's like they hit they hit the happy reset button, okay. and now they can either you could either be like, huh, you know what, I I can. It's almost like they gave you a place to go with head cannon and just have fun, or they can just now go off and write a serial. Just you know, go on your adventures. You know, I I feel like they got bogged down in too much story. Yeah, that's that was the like that third episode with that doctor that makes yeah. sense. Did that does that ever pay off? Uh I honestly I, I, I was trying to think of that, how it did. I think it did. But in the way it paid off, they could have done it in five minutes. Not a, f- a full hour long episode? Not a full you you yeah. could have done all of that in five minutes. Right. Or, or in a complete other way, or something like just a hologram from a droid, and done. You know, mm. for as fast as that show moved in, like that first episode, they were in like ten different planets in twenty minutes. Right. And then they just it, it was like calling in uh, a triple okay. A bullpen. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we we know Mandalorians exist, but what do you think about them continuing with the Ray storyline? Is that anything anyone wants? Um. Adult males ages thirty five to forty nine, no. Yeah, um, yeah, but they didn't sell kids? they didn't sell figures for those movies. Yeah, we'll see. I I, I don't know if they feel like they're already invested in it, but they're kinda out like that that universe no one talks about. Or that, that portion, that timeline, no one really talks about it anymore. I think they I need guess... I, I think I know that they're they spent a lot of money on it but I think they made it back and then some already I think at this point you need to fucking mothball the shit mothball the universe and wait like 10 years till you put anything out like finish Mandalorian yeah. put the Mandalorian movie out and then that's that's all you're getting a Star Wars and for another like 10 15 years but they're still making money so yeah, but they're From not. From a creative standpoint, they're not making I don't... money. They're not making money. That's yeah, the whole well. reason behind the whole change of everything. They're not making money. No. Um, from a creative standpoint, I, I think they just need to take a breath. Yeah, right. rethink, rethink the plan. Like maybe yeah. this story was only three movies deep. Maybe. But I do <laughs> like what they did with Mandalorian for, and you know what? I didn't hate. The 
I mean, I, I did kind of. Uh, no, you, you you can say it. It's okay. It was terrible. Or I'm talking prequels now. Oh, I thought you were going to say Book of Boba Fett. Oh, Book of Boba Fett. Is, except, no, I did hate that, except for the two three, two or three Mandalorian episodes. Yeah, the Man- <laughs> the Mandalorian season two. And, and, I, actually, and I actually liked um, Obi-Wan. I did. I'm never going to watch it again, but I liked yeah, it. Yeah, it was all right. I didn't need it. I felt like they, they could have done that with any... I always I always go back to why didn't Leia at any point mention Remember Me and that adventure we had. Yeah, but that's like... Yeah, I know. Come Still, on. It's, it's me. I, I have my own little... For as different as you are, that's where you agree with Dudashan. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of he thought the same. That's that was his same gripe. I just think the first two movies were good. The third movie was okay. Four, five, and six. I'm talking. Then the prequels. There was that. My biggest gripe out of Obi Wan was when uh, he just walks around the corner in the alley like it's a sitcom. Yeah, the sets were small. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, I, let me finish my point on the movies. Okay. There, the four, five, and six. Four and five were great. Six was okay. Then one blew up because everyone was excited for more Star Wars. Then two was fucking garbage. And three people were excited because it was the the genesis of Darth Vader and possibly the last Star Wars movie coming out anytime soon. But it wasn't good. And then that was four, then four, five, and six, and then seven. Again, had the same thing that one had. It was so long since we had Star Wars. Everyone was so excited. And you're like, all right, okay. This is good. I like it. I like it. And then the second one, I know, I was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't bad when I saw it. And then, But I didn't want to watch it again. And then the third one, I was like, oh, yeah, I really liked it. And then when you realize what you liked was the, the really, like, not earned, but, but bought and, or bought, I don't know what the word is. I'm, I'm trying to say it wasn't earned, but you still the cheap pops, the cheap pops. Yeah. The cheap heat, cheap pops that, that was what you liked. And then you saw it again and you're like, yeah, okay. They're there again. That's just, I'm feeling the emotion, but not as strong. You're like, but I don't want to watch like my favorite part of that movie is like the two and a half seconds that wedges in it. Yeah. So here, here's my thing. I watched infinity war and Endgame again on the plane to and from Vegas and Endgame gets me every fucking time. Like those yeah. emotional beats, it's great fucking storytelling. It's a good movie. Yeah. And not just the movie as a whole, even just like the end battle, like you said, the beats, it's like a wrestling match. Yeah, they they, they called all the right spots. And they, you know what? They're editing and they realize that when he said, I am inevitable, Iron Man should say, I am Iron Man. And they went and reshot it. Mm-hmm. To make it perfect. So, you know, you can do it. Now, is everything Marvel does great? No, but those two culmination pictures, Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame, are fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And everyone, and god damn, do I not love Rocket Raccoon. And that's probably why I'm so excited for, for 3. Like, it's going to be a really rocket-heavy movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. They might be the best thing that came out of the MCU. And and really got, like, the push. 
A lot of wrestling uh, analogies out of me. They didn't get the push. They earned the push. But they earned the push, yeah. Like the fucking, it took off, and they're like, yeah, strap the rocket to him. People are into these guys. They're into James Gunn. So much that they fired him and brought him back because people wanted more Guardians. Uh, sorry, big ass beer. If they never would have fired James Gunn, he would not be going off to run DC right now. That's the craziest part. So thank you, whatever crazy right-wing pundit posted those tweets to get him fired that got him hired by DC, that got him rehired to do Guardians. We're getting the best of both worlds. James mm -hmm. Gunn's now going to run DC, and we're still getting Guardians 3 from James Gunn. Right, Izzy? She's right. Like, she's looking up at me like. That's how cats sound. Pet me. I don't care. When are you bringing the little ones over for a play date? They gotta meet Izzy. Oh yeah, we'll work that out. And mm. uh, things will settle in a little bit, right? Settle in. It's gonna happen. Settle down. Road road trips are over for the most part. We'll find out after tomorrow. Yeah, maybe not for you. For me, they're fucking over. I'm not going to. Oh. I'm not going to Providence, that's for sure. Oh, come on. It's uh, it's a happening town. They won't stop having the mafia down in Providence. That's a line from The Departed. I watched Casino, Squeezer. Oh, yeah? It, being in Vegas made me think of Casino. We we're, we're also, like, we went to this uh, restaurant called Capo's in Vegas. It was, like, the further... Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, the, uh... Muncher was telling me about it. Was uh, Muncher telling me about it? Oh, no, no. Boss was telling me about it. Okay. So, it was... Roughly. A, roughly. It was the furthest off the strip I've ever... I mean, we drove into um, Vegas the first time I went from uh, Los Angeles. But this was, like, the furthest off the strip I've ever been. And it wasn't bad. It was a small, like, speakeasy. They do a gimmick where they're like, what's the password? And you walk in. You know, I just ignore it. It's really dark and small. And the food was pretty. I mean, I just got a chicken Caesar salad. Of course you did. <laughs> but um, they were I was all. Told, I was told there was a magician and that it, uh, you found it annoying. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, she goes, there's a magician. I'm like, oh, God, he would hate that. Yeah, um, there was, and I did hate that. But, uh, yeah, the magician persisted. Christy was guffawed by it. She, <laughs> fucking hillbilly. Oh, oh, <laughs> by the magic? Yeah. Did she, was it real magic? <laughs> She's, like, clapping for it, you know. <laughs> He's just doing, like, he had a trick deck of cards, and that's all he was doing. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. God, it's like some Chris Angel uh, street react right there. Right, right. Yeah, so there's a magician. And anyway, we're at Capo's, and then we're talking. They're like, this reminds me of Goodfellas. I'm like, you guys have never seen Goodfellas, because this doesn't remind me of Goodfellas. <laughs> uh, th th that's fine. Um, but so then... Matt, our vendor, started basically making me like tell. He first it started with "What's my favorite scene from Goodfellas," and then it was like, "Tell me another one." And he basically was like, "I'm having me recite the movie there, which I can do." Um, in the 
so got, then we were talking about casino and then Johnny was laughing. I was reciting casino lines and um, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen casino in a while and I watched it and man, Sharon Stone is so fun. She won the Oscar for that, right? I, I want to think so or she was. I think she did. She's so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. My God, that movie's that movie's good. The Tangiers, Stardust, which isn't anymore. But yeah, we were in Vegas, um, Caesar's Palace, and you know I was gonna watch um, Hangover on the way out just to get my bearings on Vegas. <laughs> Even though I think they shot most of that in LA. Oh, she was nominated. Nominated? She didn't win. No. Uh, can it just take me right to 68th Academy Awards? There we go. Best Actress. <laughs> Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. Yeah, that was a good movie. But I don't know if it was... Uh, her, her uh, Sharon Stone's performance in that movie is just so, like, all over the place. It's so good. <laughs> I forgot. That's your Nicolas Cage one for Leaving Las Vegas. He won Best Actor? He won Best Actor. Jesus fucking Christ, that movie yep. sucks. Against... Ready? Richard Dreyfus for Mr. Holland's Opus. Anthony Hopkins and Nixon. Sean Ooh. Penn in Dead Men Walking. And uh, who the hell is Misimo Troiso? I don't know. What's he in? Uh, some, Italian, uh, some Italian movie. What's it called? The Postman. <laughs> That's your favorite movie. It's not my no. This is no, not my favorite Postman movie. This is another Postman movie. Oh, uh, not the Kevin Costner one. I do love that movie. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's Waterworld with horses. Um. Oh, and oh, Kevin Spacey won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, don't tell me. Usual Suspects. Uh, yes. Yeah. Those some good movies came out then. That was a good year. Uh yeah, usual suspects. Apollo thirteen. What was best? Monkeys. What was best picture? In? Uh, best picture. Uh, Braveheart. Okay, which in that's hindsight, the I I think Apollo thirteen is a better movie. Not no, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not. Braveheart is a better movie. When when you look at historical inaccuracies, <laughs> that's not how you judge an Oscar squeezer. Yeah, but. Fucking yeah, but Apollo thirteen was shot in a tin can. Judge the in a, craft in a conference room. I mean, Mel, I Mel Gibson might be a piece of shit, but that movie's fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking great, but so is Apollo thirteen. So is Casino. There's got to there's got just like the Highlander. That the, didn't even get nominated. Casino didn't get nominated. No, it was. Oh, yeah, ready, ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Braveheart, Piss me Apollo off. Apollo thirteen. Uh, the Not My Postman movie, Sense and Sensibility, Ugh. and, ready? Babe. Oh, my God. That'll do, pig. A, a what the 1995 fuck? comedy drama film directed by Chris Noonan. What are they, what are the goddamn Babe. academy? Like, people put stock in this. Like, look how yep. stupid this is. You're talking about a, a, I know, easy. I'm upset, too. That's how fucking dumb the Academy <laughs> Awards are. Let's we're, we're talking weird. We're talking 90s. Let's get in the weird 90s. Forgot, Tim Roth got nominated for an Academy Award. Good for him. Forgot about that. For his role as Pumpkin? Uh, <laughs> or uh, Honey Bunny? And Ro Rob Roy. Rob Roy. Uh, what, uh, what else? 
Uh, let's go to the hang on. I just want to see where are the cool ones, like where it's like uh, uh, effects or something like that. Or cinematography, Braveheart. Oh, Batman Forever was nominated for cinematography. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I've seen the movie. That is not something that I watch and go. You know what? What cin- What I, great I'm, cinematography! I'm going to base my entire visual uh, acumen on that film. Uh, makeup, Braveheart. Wow, they didn't really. It was all or nothing. Like you had like Braveheart and Apollo 13 and Twelve Monkeys. Well, and, you know uh, what they little... say, Squeezer. What? Judge none, choose one. Batman Forever. Right? Jesus. Yes. And that, yes. that leads us into what we're talking about tonight. Um, not only are we talking about weird things that happened in 1990, we are talking about the denim shortage of the 90s. Oh. That uh, commercial was called Todd Lyons Jenko commercial. If you want to look it up on YouTube, it's Ooh. very '90s new metal. But I don't know if you knew the statistical fact, Squeezer. In the 1990s, 95 percent of the world's denim supply was tied up in suburban white kid jeans. <laughs> I can't believe it. It was sad in a lot of ways. Uh, and Jenko stood for Squeezer. Uh. Judge none, choose one. That's what I said earlier. Oh. I was wondering if you'd get it. No. Yeah, well, I would. I'm happy you did. No, that's not a jink. Okay. Now I wanted a goddamn pair of jenkos so bad, but not like the super ridiculous jenkos. Like the massive flare, like uh, walk it like like 1950s robot treads. Right, where the pockets basically like a backpack. <laughs> So, uh, but I wanted a pair of like baggy Jenkos, and my mom was like, "Absolutely not." Uh, thank God, because <laughs> there's no <laughs> picture of me wearing Jenkos. Now, um, I never like researched how Jenkos came to be. We've, I think, we've talked about them on the show before, Squeezer, but I've never got on Wikipedia and read their article. So I did. And they're based out of Los Angeles. It was founded in 1985 by Moroccan-born, French-raised brothers Jacques Yakov Rava and Haim Milo Rava. The brand gained recognition in the 90s with its boys' ultra-wide, straight-leg denim jeans, featuring elaborate pocket logos and a unique street look. The brothers commissioned a local L.A. graffiti artist, Joseph Montalvo, a.k.a. Nuke, to design the brand's logo. The street look was popularized throughout the 90s, starting in Los Angeles and working its way through the United States. It was like fucking COVID. Janko also manufactures <laughs> T-shirts, khaki pants. It was, it was worse. Yeah, it was worse. And other clothing articles for men and women. Unlike similar California-based apparel manufacturers, 
Jenko manufactured most of its products in the United States, mainly at the SMJ American Manufacturing Company, a 200,000-square-foot operation owned by Milo and Jacques Rival. Oh. So it's peak sales, Squeezer. $186.9 million. In jeans. In fucking jeans. By 1999, that was halved. Oof. In 2000s, they closed their main factory. So it's really the most 90s thing ever. Because it existed in the... It, it started in the 80s, it came popular in the 90s, and it was dead by the year 2000. Uh... In 2015, the brand was relaunched, backed by a Chinese investment firm, Ghetto Lation, which acquired it for a reported seven-figure amount. However, the new products were reportedly to be low-quality, which resulted in increased demand for the original jeans on secondary marketplaces such as eBay. In 2018, it was announced Jenko was to cease production and liquidate its inventory. It was later clarified that it applied, this applied to the current licensed production under uh, Guayton Lation and the brand would continue under new management in 2019 original founder Milo Rava announced that he had reacquired the brand and intended to relaunch it alongside his daughter Camilla the second relaunch took place in G- June of that year along with a new website so it's still there hmm. I'm the, let me see I'm there now so these are like the original like I don't want to say original but these are True jinkos. They're not just a. They're not Chinese name. licensed knockoffs. No. So I gotcha. think Squeezer. Let's see what would look good on you. I think you need to get yourself a pair of the Rolling Twenty Six Dark Stones. That would look gorgeous uh, on you. Rolling Twenty Six Dark. Uh, the corduroy. No, no, no. The Rolling Twenty Six Dark Stone. They're jeans. Oh, it's a Twenty Six Whale. Rolling Twenty Six. Hang on, I'm shopping. Or the mugshot 50 inch jet blacks. Those are beautiful. Oh my God, the thug 50 inch dark stones are pretty beautiful too. It looks like you're basically wearing like a kilt that's kind of split down the middle, <laughs> but that goes to the floor because you're a modest Amish lady. The, the, th- the thug 50s? You're yeah. yeah that's... <laughs> I like a 32 inch. Like leg, that's bigger than my fucking. I wear a thirty thirty four. Like that's a thirty two inch, <laughs> bigger than my waist. Oh, well, I mean, up until like you uh, I was fifty forced inch to, too. I mean, to be fair, up until like I had to buy like pair of jeans that fit me, and like my my waist is of that of a reasonable size person now. I basically did walk around with like twin cannons. No. I just go and get like the baggiest uh, boot cut jeans I could find. No, no, yeah, I I wore fucking silver tabs, man. I looked beautiful in them, and uh, yeah. I just don't like that. There's no place to hang my hammer. Oh, you want like what are those called? Carpen- for the carpenter, Car- carpenter jeans, jeans come back. Come back. Yeah, well, like you and Dwayne. Yep. He still rocks that look. I don't know where to find them. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll sew you a pair by hand. Isn't this so weird, though? Is it like a lot of '90s things have come back, but I have not seen jeans. But like, like a lot of girls now wear like baggy. They call them, I guess, mom jeans or something. That's like a thing. Yeah, that's the that's the look. Yeah, but I'm uh, hoping it sticks around for another 15 years. So. <laughs> you don't want it going back to like painted on skinny jeans. Oh, God, no. No, at least not until... No. 
No, it's gonna come back around by the time your daughters are like. No. Nope. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Squeezer. I'm just telling nope. you. I'm, 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 I'm gonna get them both pairs of the. Uh, the 50 inch. 50 inch. Uh, cannons there. Uh, no, the Thug 50s. That's thug it. 50s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're gonna be weighed down by fucking 12 pounds of <laughs> denim. No, are you kidding me? I'm not. I'm not gonna spend two hundred dollars on jeans for them. <laughs> yeah, man. Look at that. That's just. That's beautiful shit. Where's? See, I want. I want to buy some Janko stuff. Where's the fleece? I'm gonna look like I'm 90s again. Like, th there are certain clothes where it's like, oh, Tommy what, what era polos. is this person from? And you can narrow it down to like a 20 to 30 year kind of thing. Like, oh, they're from that era. If you got a pair of Jenkos, I have you can nail it within like five years. I have trouble anything like post 2000 because it all feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. So I can't like nail down like, oh, that looks very 2010s ish, you know? I'm like, if it was like after the '90s, you're all it's it's now, it's current time. <laughs> yeah, that's weird to have that that like that rollover of the fucking odometer to 2000, kind of like reset, mm -hmm. and we're still in it. Yeah, even though it's yeah, very it's... not true at all. Yes, apparently I did not notice, but uh, uh, yeah, 20 years ago, I was still in the 2000s. It is not <laughs> 1988 anymore. Yeah, well. so. That's some sorcery there. Here, Squeezer, is your first weird 90s pick. I should, uh, I should pot up the audio board. Oh, well, welcome to Wienerville. You love this shit. Oh, I love this shit. Uh, oh, yeah, even I said leaving my favorite. Where is this guy? Boney, I have a message. From Godot? From Godot. What's the message? <laughs> He's not coming. Well, I've got a message for you and him. Get out of here! I'm bony, I'm bony. Leave me alone. Was this ever funny, or was... That, that was just, it was always funny, and it's still funny to me. I watched like four episodes, and I was laughing my ass off. I'm still a child. I loved Bony. He was my favorite out of all of them. Mm. It was Mark Wiener's favorite too. Yeah, that was his catchphrase. Get out of here! Yeah. And then the kids go running away, and then he sings his little song. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you you weren't a fan of Wienerville? Uh, I no, I knew it existed, but I didn't actively search uh, it out or care about it. You know, so uh, I don't I know if I was a that. fan or wasn't a fan. Uh, I watched them what the kids nowadays call the reg, and uh, Mrs. Squeezer had no idea what the hell I was talking about. I'm like, come on, Wienerville! It's like a guy and his little puppets, and it was like, ah, and they were pre-recorded so we could interact with them, and it was a whole thing. She's like, I have no idea. Yeah, and then they bring the parents in and make them little puppets, and the kids have pies at their heads. It's like, nope. 
But yeah, it it was it was an odd show. It was like almost like you took the weirdest, like the the most odd of Nickelodeon, and kind of just mushed it into a show. And like you took all the gimmicks, like oh, there's pie, there's slime, uh, there's puppets making like silly, basically like stick stickly voices, like oh, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and and then. Of course, in true Nickelodeon fashion, um, it's a half-hour show uh, with a roughly 10 to 12 minutes of new puppet footage and stuff. And then you fill it in with uh, random old uh, uh, cartoons that are uh, no longer... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, socially acceptable? Uh no uh, yeah it's not socially like Mr Magoo and whatnot but is uh, Mr Magoo not socially acceptable anymore? Uh probably not because he's like oh it's ageist and you it makes fun of blind people I don't know. Uh but yeah there's a lot of Mr Magoo, uh a lot of like old Alvin not even like Alvin and Chipmunks like the Alvin Show. Uh what else is on? Ageist oh, old Pat- people are 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 to be made fun of. Like that's yeah, part of being old. Two, they serve two purposes: be made fun of for being old, and be melted down into goop to power our machinery in the future. <laughs> oh uh, my goo! Oh my goo! But yeah, so it, uh, uh, Mark Weiner was the host. He was also uh, a creator, producer. Like he, he ran the show, and was also uh, did all the puppets. Uh, there was Dottie. She was the mayor. And she was like in her office, and she had Zip, her assistant, who would always get crushed by books, uh, which was hilarious because you know Pratt Falls. Uh, and then there was a baby uh, who would like smush mustard and ketchup and things and make a mess. Basically, just introducing Mark Weiner from show to show. Um, uh, Commander Ozone was Dottie's uh, love interest, who was also a spaceman. Uh, and then you had some bad guys too. And then Cocktail Frank was the band leader. So there was a band of puppets. And then you had the little puppets, and then uh, uh, Cocktail Frank was uh, the lead guitarist, and he was the only one with an actual, like, Mark Wiener head. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it, Believe it or not, you could just find these on YouTube. They're not yanking them down. I mean, why would they? <laughs> no. Uh, it's fucking, I, I love this show, and it, like, it really sums up. It, it's just weird and... Like they'd say, like you know what, they 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 can't make a show like that today, and I argue no, they wouldn't make a show like that today. There's <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. I, and we're I worse know. off for it. I think we are worse off for it. I this is I don't force my kids to watch my programming, but I I want to just queue up a episode of Wienerville and mm-hmm. have them watch, right? And just for their almost as a social social experiment, like. Watch this, and don't tell me what you think. I'm going to watch you and see how you react. I guarantee you my oldest one's going to find it fucking hilarious because she has the same mentality as me, which is uh, things falling on people, people getting hit in the face with pies, and puppets with giant heads are okay. amusing. Right. Um. So, yeah, but, th- that, again, that's also a, a substrate of the population. So, but, yeah. They got uh, what, seventy-two episodes out of it. That's not bad. 
72 episodes? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, over the course of, what, four years or something like that? And it's those weird Nickelodeon seasons where it's like a season is like 90 weeks. It's like a Power Rangers or something like that. Hmm. Um, all right, well, that's uh, that's Wienerville. That was weird, too. Um, Very weird. I got my, my stuff's all fucking over the place. I had to, I had to remove, so just a spoiler... Multicolored ketchup didn't come out till two thousand, so that's in what? my. It's gonna be in weird two thousand, so that's okay. Not, that's not in my uh, picks tonight, Squeezer. So okay, there there is a couple. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for two thousand because that was pretty weird. But here is my uh, next weird thing that actually did happen in the nineties. Oh, I guess I should pot myself up when I'm talking. John Wayne Bobbitt. The great John Wayne Bobbitt. John Wayne Bobbitt, of course. John Wayne Bobbitt, of course, had a terrible situation. He's the guy, of course, whose wife cut off his schween. John, I'm glad you could come. Oh, I can't, Lord. Didn't. That's true. He can't talk either. He can't talk and he can't come. I'm <laughs> sorry about that. Condition. You're not kidding, Robin. You know, it's almost like me. Uh, John, seriously, what happened to you is horrible, and that's why we're raising money for you tonight. And to help everyone at home understand how close this guy came to spending his entire life without his fuck stick, I'm talking about his cock, I want you to take a look at the John Wayne Bobbitt story. John Wayne Bobbitt's wife, while he was asleep, took a knife, put it to the base of his penis, and cut it. <laughs> that was from Howard's, something Howard Stern. Uh, oh, it was New Year's Ron Eve pageant, 1994. Wow, that was 94? Yeah, it was the, the Wayne Bobbitt thing was uh, 93. We were the perfect age for that. I know. It was so funny. He cut it. It was June. I remember it was June. Yeah, because it was June of 93. Cut his swing shong off with a Ginsu knife, too. <laughs> That's the best part of it. It slices. It dices. Yeah. It. Uh, whatever. I can. Uh, um, it makes french fries in 20 different whoops that I just know from Ninja Turtles. So, yeah, Lorena Bobbitt took um, a Ginsu carving knife and swapped his swing chong off. And she (laughs) left the apartment with the severed appendage, drove away in the car, and eventually uh, she couldn't drive with one hand. So she tossed it out a window into a field. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't fucking um, bleed out. Yeah, it's cute. Huh? They found it and reattached it. It took nine and a half hours. That's impressive. I know. He, John Bobbitt, not only went on the star in two pornos in the 90s, he um, he was in WWF with um, Val Venus. Remember that, that shtick during the Attitude Era? Uh, when was that? Because I'm actually... I think I just watched that, actually. It was probably 98, 99. 
Yeah, because it was shortly at yeah, it was shortly after. That's right, he had him on, and that's when Velveeta it was August tenth, ninety eight. John appeared in World Wrestling Federation's Monday Night Raw, where he featured with he was featured with Val Venus. Not long after, he moved to Las Vegas, worked as a bartender, limo driver, mover, pizza delivery guy, tow truck operator. He also had a stint serving at a wedding chapel as a minister at a local Universal Life Church. In ninety nine, John received probation. He's finding his way for his role in a theft at a store in Nevada. In 2003, he was sentenced to prison for violating his probation for the 99 theft. Um, he's been arrested twice for battery. He filed for divorce. Uh, in 2014, he was severely injured when he broke his neck in a vehicular accident in Buffalo, New York. Meanwhile, Lorena, after the trial, Lorena attempted to keep a low profile and reverted to use her birth name, Gallo. In 1996, she made a visit to her native Ecuador, where she met then-president, uh, whoever the fuck, for an official dinner. <laughs> Sometime <laughs> later, the two would baptize a child as a godmother and a godfather. Uh, in December 97... Wait, wait, she married the president of Ecuador? No. Oh. She met him for an official dinner, and they became a godmother and godfather. Of oh, something. Nice. In December 97, Lorena made news when she was charged with assault for punching her mother <laughs> as they watched television. She was eventually acquitted. In 2007, she worked. She was working at a beauty salon in D.C. and in the same year founded Lorena's Red Wagon Organization, which helped prevent domestic violence through family-oriented activities. In 2008, Lorena appeared on CBS News' The Early Show, where she talked about her life since the incident. In an interview, she said she was in a long-term relationship with a man named... Dave Bellinger, they have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. He's got that thing that she had in uh, Men in Tights. What? That that chastity belt. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll chafe my willy. Call the locksmith. Call the locksmith. So, yeah, he was everywhere after this. It was John Bobbitt was, uh, I mean, of course, Howard Stern. There was... Um, Bo copycat crimes they termed Bobbit mania um, <laughs> after the 1991 Gulf War the United States Air Force decided to remove the tail gun turrets from all the B-52 strategic bombers crew started calling the bombers without tail guns bobbited <laughs> <laughs> yeah how great was it that like so what it was mentioned it was in um, the song Headline News by Weird Al Yankovic that took parody on the Crash Test Dummy song. Uh, I'm sorry, you were saying? Oh, like, it happened in June, so, like, it had all summer. To, like, you know, the new. it took a while back then. Back then, this was pre-24-hour news cycle, so this th this poor bastard had to live with this for a fucking while. Yeah. Um, John Bobbitt. Yeah, come uh, Labor Day, and all the kids go back to school. It was the talk of the school. It, it was all. It was every day, all day. All you wanted to talk about was cut this. off his wiener. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's enough. John Bobbitt wiener uh, talk. Here is Squeezer's second pick. Pushed right here above us by Tyson. 
He's got bit in the ear. Oh, my goodness. He's got a bloody right ear. Holyfield bit by a dirty Mike Tyson. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Well, first he had a parachute drop on him. Now he had a heavyweight by him. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Mike was having his best friend. He bit him again. He, he bit him again. again. Mike Tyson has bitten Evander Holyfield for the second time. And it is all out for and look at this. He just reaches in and bites him. It's it's over. It's over. During that replay. Mills Lane signaling that it's over. I think they've just about had enough. He was the best. Mike Tyson. Mills Lane. Oh, Mills Lane. That's when that's when referees were stars too. It was a cluster Yeah, I remember coming in. I remember wa we were watching this live. What, what, uh, what year really? was this? 98? Uh, 97. 97. Yeah, we were watching yeah. this live. Um, excuse me. Oh, yeah, I, I, oh, I'm jealous. No, so my grand, my, I remember well, seeing it for the first time. My grandfather, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know about it. My grandfather watched it and he taped it because he had all his like descrambling devices. And well, we had off. free pay per view, so yeah. So I, I remember walking down like yeah, there's like his his uh, um, if I may go like Goodfellas, like his um, Henry Hill basement. Like the only thing missing was a rock while opening up. Like it was like record players in the wall behind like plastic stained glass that opened up and shit like that, and the TVs were all built in. Even though the, the the TVs were all built into the wall, it's because the wall was built out like four feet because he had like a, a rack room like in his basement. Like you open up the door and you walk in the back and every, there's like patch bays and shit. It was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I remember him bringing me down. He was like, oh, yeah, let's watch this boxing match. I'm like, okay, I'll watch boxing. I like Mike, Mike Tyson's cool. And then he's watching. And it's like I'm watching it the whole time he's watching me. And I'm like, I... That that was the my first time seeing it was down in his basement and it was uh it was fucking gross. Mm -hmm. And like when you think about like when you look at Holyfield, the bite like it wasn't a bite. Like how hard you have to bite someone to bite it off. Like to bite through all the way through, completely mm -hmm. off. And then do it again. So the second bite didn't take a whole chunk off. But the first one took a whole chunk off and spit it out. And it ended up on the ringside. And apparently the, the that piece of ear, like they took it with them. Assuming maybe, oh, we can reattach it. You know, or some shit like that. And they lost it in the ambulance. I don't know if like, they hit a pothole. And then like I can see like the piece of cartilage go flying up in the air. And they're like, oh, no. And then they're like looking around the floor. They can't find his ear. Right. Yeah. It's... Uh, a humorous anecdote that you could just imagine happening, but I don't know if it did or not. But they said it was lost in the ambulance. I don't know how you lose an ear. Um, but yeah, and this pretty much ended Tyson for quite some time. Uh, he didn't fight for like another two years. Um, which, if I'm right, was that was that Lennox Lewis then? Yeah. And then he lost that in the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh I met Mike Tyson. Have I told this story on the show before? I met Mike. Um, so we did an interview with him, with Christy, 
And yeah, I know. I was. Oh wait. You weren't there for it. No, it I, I designed the. Yeah. So we did an interview. It's supposed to be. And I was like, "Hey, Mike, uh, we're just gonna have you sit here." And I'm like, "Oh, hey, it's it's fine." And he had his shirt on and standing on. And like Mike changes, he goes, "I don't want to change my shirt." And like, change your shirt. And Mike goes, "All right, well, I'll go change my shirt." And he did the interview. It was great. And the next night was the boxing match. Actually, the next night was his his one man show. We did that. And I'm like, "Hey, Mike, you got any notes for me?" He goes, "Yeah, I don't know. Hey, do we have any notes for him for the show?" <laughs> he was a very nice guy, very docile. Then we get to the boxing match. And it's his first match doing his new promotion, Tyson Fights, or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. I'm down floor directing. I was a handheld on that. Were you on the Were you on the ring? Yeah, I I was on the I was the entrance can I was entrance handheld. Okay, so, so we had like four fucking handhelds, and I was one of them. I'm down right next to him, like uh, floor directing, and his he's supposed to get up and interview every winning fighter. So the first two, he's like, no, not this one, not this one. And then the third one is his boy. They go, yeah, I'll get up and do this. And Larry Holmes and Mike Bittman, they're doing the commentating. So he gets in there with him. He goes, the wolves like to win the, the, the fight. Tell us what you think in the ring. And he's good, and he's having fun. He's smiling. I'm like, all right, maybe he likes to do that. So fourth fight happens. The winner goes, I go, oh, Mike, you ready to do the interview? No, nah, I'm not doing that no more. Like, okay. And then the fifth fight happens, and he's like, hey, fucking ass Tyson, if he's doing the interview. I go, hey, Mike, you doing this interview? And he's eating popcorn, and he just looks at me and goes, I said I'm not doing that no more. And I was like, all right. <laughs> uh, and he, he's not doing it anymore, and I am no longer asking him. So <laughs> do not expect any more interviews. And just the way he looked at me, I almost shit my pants. <laughs> I said I'm not doing that no more. I'm like, all right. it's uh, yeah. Champ's not doing it anymore, guys. We're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Like he's gonna fucking knock my fucking teeth out if I yeah. ask him one more time. Yeah, and then and then he went about it almost. Uh, look, like they kind of fighters changed. They figured him out by now. Uh, Holyfield argues that you know the whole reason that he bit him because he didn't want to get knocked out and he knew he was gonna get knocked out yeah. again. And Tyson argues, well, no, it was retribution for all the headbutts in their previous fight because they had fought the year before. But really, I mean, look, at this point, Tyson was not the same fighter he was in the 80s. No. You know, and it almost uh, cemented him like it helped him. It's one more step in him in his absolute downfall to his eventually uh, reinvention and becoming like a pop culture icon. Just. Almost bigger. Nah, I wouldn't say it's bigger than when he was a fighter. It's, it, but it's different though. You know, and right. now he's even then he was the bad guy though. Now he's be, now he's beloved. Uh, is but, he beloved? I mean, just from the Hangover. Not just the Hangover, but he just he makes his appearances. He's like Mike Tyson. Everyone loves just when they want to take a picture of Mike. You know, he's. Now he's not he's not the the vicious killer anymore. Now yeah, he's well like... he was in the Hangover and he had that cartoon on, yeah. which I worked on that cartoon. I got a credit in it one of the episodes, the Larry yeah. Holmes episode, because uh, I directed Larry's part. They like didn't pay me or anything. I you know. Oh, no, because you'd be long gone. You wouldn't be doing this show then. 
I, I, I still think some of our shows make more money than that cartoon did. But <laughs> that was fun. Uh, the director could not get with Larry. And then he texts me. He's like, hey, if you can get these lines, do it for me. We'll give you credit. So I went through them with Larry and just did line reads because directors are so afraid to do a line read. Mm-hmm. I just did line reads and he read it exactly like I said it and they got what they needed. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I worked there. There's my Mike Tyson's uh and you would you Stories. would think though, like after all that, there'd be like some bad blood and stuff, but no, they're actually uh, they've buried the hatchet multiple times actually, and now they're even like business partners, because um, over uh, over Christmas they released uh, Holy Ears, which are uh, CBD gummies shaped like uh, Evander Holyfield's ear with a chunk taken out of it. That's awesome. Good and then that. the two that's of them the... were doing like commercials and like social media stuff together. That's the the thing I've learned most about boxers. As much as you think they hate each other, they're uh, they're they're like like you, Larry Holmes and Jerry Cooney couldn't be better friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's so weird. I mean, yeah, you're not in there with them, but the spot's great. Because, like, Holyfield's like, or Tyson says it tastes like something, and Holyfield's like, no, it can't taste like that. He's like, it does, it does, it does. He's like, he's like, I know what your ear tastes like. uh, And Holyfield's just like, yeah, I guess you're right. Evander, I know what your ear tastes like. I had two bites of it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I almost bit Ryan's ear because he wouldn't stop asking me to interview those those players afterwards. Oh, bite your ear? (laughs) He would have gone, like. Bit my face off. He would have gone like Molina, just pull the mask off and bite your whole goddamn head off. People usually go when they do their Tyson impression. They go, "Yeah, hi, with the, hey, I'm Mike Tyson. Uh, you know, maybe I used to talk like this, but he he's more down here. He's like, hey, you know, I I I told you, Ryan, I'm not gonna do these interviews no more. So stop asking me. It's almost a combination of my squeezer interview and my <laughs> <laughs> and sexy voice. My sexy voice. As I, as I lisp through that. I'm not uh, your sexy yeah, that, boy. That was... Sexy boy. <laughs> I'm just your boy, toy. Did, 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 uh, did Jake show you the cartoon clip of the whatever the character is that he thinks is me? If it's not Eek the Cat, he's wrong. No, it's it's pretty fucking spot on. What was it? I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's a newer cartoon. It's this little lispy science kid and... Hmm. Uh, yeah. Pretty no. Goddamn. It's pretty good. He didn't. He didn't. Oh yeah. So. But yeah, uh, it was uh, uh, that was a weird thing that happened in the nineties, huh? Yeah. Well, I got something weirder here, Squeezer. Okay. Probably the weirdest thing that ever happened to the not teenage, but the Ninja Turtles. Moving the weekdays with audacious attitude. Wow, boom, baby. Get shell truck with all new Ninja Turtles in Exputation this Monday after Spider-Man on Fox Kids. The Ninja Turtles Next Mutation Show. A something you can't even bring up around Peter Laird uh, without him getting mad at you. Uh, this show debuted, it was, it was done by um, uh, Haim Saban, Saban Entertainment. And it aired uh, on Fox Kids from September of 97 till May of 98. Um, so it didn't make it too long. <laughs> and it was live action, <laughs> Squeezer. Ugh, I know. And it was... Ugh. I didn't watch it, so... 
Like I knew just, of it, but I didn't. I, I, I might have like checked it. Like I never watched it. Like I might have checked it out to see it. I didn't just, even check it out. You knew, uh, like may, maybe I didn't even do that, but just like a commercial or just yeah, seeing you see it, a commercial. Well, that's yeah, it. J- just visually seeing it was uh, pissed me off. So it's it's all based off of. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, the movie they wanted to do, the foot walks again, whatever the fuck that was. And this was supposed to be uh, like Super Shredder's back. There was Kirby, which was the another turtle. Um, the turtles all had powers, Squeezer. Huh? Yeah, the turtles had powers. Like Donatello, for like Raphael could become some sort of raptor turtle. Donatello can become like a human, like like look of himself. Splinter could turn into a massive, like super Splinter version when he could called upon. It was really weird. There was a lot of things going on to that. Like there was things pitched around where April was bad. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, and I'm sure you've seen drawings of Kirby uh, and Nano Spider, but so they were like, we want to introduce a fifth turtle. And Haim Saban said it had to be female. So that's where you got uh, Venus de Milo from. Mm. Stephen, uh, Peter Laird hates this show and hates everything about it. And it's pretty fucking bad. So I, I just I just knew it was stupid. So I never really watched an episode, but I'm here to talk about it. Well, it is kind of hideous because they look even worse than the Turtles and Time Turtles. Yeah, it had a uh, crossover with the Power Rangers too. Uh, there was like tur- like Splinter would like meditate and walk the dream world. Uh, April O'Neil and Casey Jones are not in the show. Um, they had to constantly explain that they weren't brothers; they were just brothers in the fact that they share this bond together, just so they can do some sort of love romance stuff with the Turtles and Venus de Milo. So people aren't like, are they fucking their sister? Uh, why does wait? Hang on, I'm looking at a picture here. They gave her boobs. Yeah, she's got boobs under that shell. Yeah, that, that's the kind of. I I mean, I, there might be. I'm sure there's people. I'm not judging you. You might be into that. That's cool. That's cool. In 2007, the director of kind of weird TMNT, Kevin Monroe elaborated on the instructions Peter Laird gave him for the movie. He said among those rules was there absolutely no mention of Venus de Milo, the female turtle. You can't even (laughs) joke about it with Peter. This is one of those things he hates with a passion. So, yeah. Now we got a new turtle movie coming out that's uh, produced by Seth Rogen and... Man, I'm I'm so excited for it. The fact that that the 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 trailer run in front of Mario for you. Yeah, the trailer's great, and the fact that Paul Rudd is listed in the cast playing Mondo Gecko. Ugh, can't wait. Yeah, Mondo Gecko's in a fucking Turtles movie, and it's played by Paul Rudd. Like, fuck, sign me up. Give me more. Say less, as the kids say. Say less. <laughs> Where? Uh, to say now. Oh, shit, we're only on your third pick. Jesus Christ. Whoops. Here we go.
Little Marilyn Manson? Yeah. He was the ultimate weird 90s. Yeah, this is, yeah. And and I, the actual, this was the peak of, not, not, like, the peak of his, like, fame and notoriety, but also the peak of his weirdness, too, because at this point he could do whatever he wanted. Um, with uh, the Dope Show, which was his first single off of Mechanical Animals, and uh, was Mechanical the Animals the one with um, Beautiful People? No, nah, Beautiful People came off of uh, uh, Antichrist Superstar. Yeah, that was like his his. Big that was ninety six. That was ninety six. That was I think that was at his height. Well, that, that that's was, when he had like, his first arena tour. He had his first arena tour, but like, it, it was his height. Like it was, but like no one knew him before that, so it was like an instant height. And now. This well, was they the knew him. Where... Um, he did the remake of Sweet Dreams. That's where. That, well, yeah, that was the I'm first album. Like mass media, because like the ones that want to jump on the "Oh my God, look at this guy" kind of thing and blame him for everything that kids do. All right. Yeah, this is this is his peak of being blamed for the ills of society. Oh, okay. Uh, or I I wouldn't say that was the peak. No, uh, he was people. He was, he was blamed for fucking Columbine. Yeah, yeah, uh, just because they listen to it. But, I mean, those pieces of shit, you know, I'm sure listen to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, and so at this point, it was it was a mixed uh, outcry. Of course, you had all the people like, oh, my God, he's an androgynous alien monster. I'm like. Who said that? Was that your mom? Uh, probably. <laughs> but, you know, and mo- most people on, like, the 6 o'clock news, whatever. Hmm. And it was, it was that mix of, like, uh, the the outcry, and then there's the, oh, he's at it again kind of thing. It's almost like South Park Season 2 now, hmm. at this point. Where it's like, before, it was like, oh, can you believe they did that? Now, it's like, adults are like, oh, wow, that's okay. Um, but the, the video is... I remember watching this, and it was creepy as hell. Uh, takes a lot of inspiration, like from like fifties and sixties, like sci-fi stuff, and a lot of like. And I'm an idiot, okay, so I don't know all this stuff, but um, a lot of like uh, Christian symbolism and art and stuff too, and like like real intellectual shit that I know nothing about, or and still know nothing about. Um, but it, it's all built in there. But it's just the image of him walking through the California desert uh, with prosthetic uh, rubber boobs uh, with no nipples, by the way, and completely just whitewashed. Uh, it's terrifying. And then you add in the, the red eyes and that that classic 90s fish eye twist your head into the camera kind of look. Uh, I'll... Uh, uh, Man- Manson got big right after I got kicked out of Catholic school. So I was in CCD on Thursday nights with quacks who believed in like Satanism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I love that they hated him and said he was a Satanist. Cause I'm like, you're a pedophile probably. Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a Man- Manson story when you're done. Oh, sure. But it- it's funny though. Cause it was actually, so the video is actually directed by Paul Hunter, the director of the, the fine film Bulletproof Monk. Oh yeah. See, it's always sad. Like you're an acclaimed music video director and then someone comes to you with money and goes, Oh, you made all these great videos here. Make a movie. Doesn't always work out. I'll sizzle. No steak. 
Yeah, and I mean, look, you're you're giving Chow Yun Fat and Sean William Scott make an action movie. Oh yeah, for I, I I don't necessarily blame him either. Like you know, it's what's he gonna do with this? Yeah. You know? Um, but he's known for mostly all, uh, rap like early '90s rap and hip hop artists and stuff. Uh, uh, did stuff for like Aaliyah, Snoop Dogg. Uh, a lot of Mariah Carey. What did he popularize the dancing in the cheese grater look? Uh, pro. I'm. You know what? Probably. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The yeah. The 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 shuffle in place kind of thing. Yeah. If, well, if you look at like if you take a picture of the inside of a cheese grater, it looks like a, like a '90s rap video. Oh yeah. If yeah. you just Google that, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just punch holes in the wall and blast a light through it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Well, the but, reflections uh, mainly. Yeah, uh, what did he do? Uh, he did a Biggie's Hypnotize video. If you search inside of a cheese grater rap video, <laughs> is that it? Can you just Google that? Yeah, you absolutely can. Hang on, inside of a cheese grater rap video. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many pictures. They're all. Uh, they, even, <laughs> they even put Bruce Willis in. I'm looking at that, too. Yeah, him crawling through the uh, AC duct. Come out yep. to the coast. We'll yeah. have a couple laughs. Yeah, so they got that, like, the, the big uh, P. Diddy looking to the fisheye lens real close thing. Marilyn Manson's doing that, but now he's doing, like, weird red contacts in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's super creepy video. Uh, very weird, uh, very weird 90s. So Marilyn Manson, again, is another uh, doing video for a show. So if the, the all the, the doofus in-house stagehands are like, oh, there's cocaine all over his room. It was fucking baby powder for him trying to get in those leather pants. Yeah. Second, so little Dave's running handheld at the front of the stage, and Manson is in that camera the entire time, like it's a 90s music video. Like he's mm-hmm. like performing for that camera, and there was no media allowed in the pit, but we were allowed with that camera. And Manson was like all in it, and then all of a sudden, like he looks at the security guard and points because there's a guy taking pictures, and the security guy thinks it's little Dave, so he tosses him. Oh, and the LD this. hears me get fucking pissed. I'm like, "What the fuck are they doing? Why are they tossing him?" Like, he... and then Manson comes backstage and was like, "Why'd you pull that fucking camera guy out?" I'm like are you pointed at me. He goes, "No, I meant the photographer." Like they were clearly doing IMAG for the show. He had the security guard write a letter of apology to Knockers, <laughs> like apologizing for that, because he he was upset. We were, he ruined the show. He did ruin Aww. the show, quite frankly. Um, because I was cutting the real show on the IMAG. No, but it was a good show. It seems like a nice fellow, even though he might be a weirdo in bed, which is unsubstantiated. I don't know. It's I, I was going to yeah finish off with, uh, there are outstanding claims that are being investigated further. Yeah. Who knows? Not for me to talk on. Yeah. And then and, and once proven true, we will never uh, discuss it again on this show. I There's probably... Not a good chance we'll discuss him again on the show anyway. Uh, you never know. You never it's know. always... Yeah. Hey, I mentioned fucking Kevin Spacey today. Yeah, he's he's canceled. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, well, should be. 
Oh yeah, yeah, he was a predator. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't like, yeah, like they like to throw that out for like, oh well. He wasn't canceled. Something. He was arrested. He was tried for for heinous crimes, essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Some. Yeah. Let's move on to. Uh, All right. song is ridiculous regard damn ridiculous yeah by the baja men who let the dogs out the fact that this was a hit i should pot it down before i get a copyright strike <laughs> for that too so it's performed by uh bahamian bah- like from the bahamas mm-hmm. junkanoo band and the Junkanoo is a street parade with music, dance, and costumes with origins in many islands across English-speaking Caribbean um, every Boxing Day, New Year's Eve day. Junkanoo. And they're the Baja Men. It was um, released... I guess I fuck. I fucked up. This was released in 2000, Squeezer. Well, depending on... the, I would argue, depending on how you read a calendar... Some people say 2000 is actually in the 90s, and the year doesn't begin until 2001. Yeah, yeah, true. I fucked up, though. No, 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 no. Let's blame Barry. Yeah, I don't blame him. But this was everywhere, this song. For some reason, that's why I can't, like, this movie, this song feels like it was in the 90s. I, I, it is. It's so nice. It, it's a symptom of the 90s. It's a, sim- it's a product of the 90s. Yes. <laughs> a symptom. <laughs> it, is, it is the virus. The, the 90s yes. were the symptom. Um, but yeah, I, this, this song is ridiculous. And I just remember hearing it constantly, I guess in the year 2000, when we were still in high school in the year 2000, July. Wow. So that was like right in the middle of summer. I remember we were doing it's everywhere. We were doing, um, Valley dogs in the summer of 2000. It was 2000. Cause it was after I, I was in, um, it was when the song came out. This, so we're we're doing Valley Dogs. You know what? It must have been the next year. That's what co- was that your first year? No, my first year was uh, with with where currently I was doing Valley Dogs was two thousand March of two thousand, and then the next year we won the championship, and that's when it must have been because it had to be a one. But that's where I get confused. Uh, so the song was constantly who let and Mike Mittman. You know the words, who let the dogs out? He'd also do that to Shaggy's It Wasn't Me. Sing along, everybody. It wasn't me. <laughs> He's a national treasure. He sure is. I don't know. I fucked up with that pick, so let's move on to your uh, oh, it's okay. fourth pick. Oh, I should pot it up. I potted it down because copyright strikes. Copyright strikes. 
Oh, how is because I got high playing. I'm not gonna, I was just thinking about this song the other day, too. Well, Afro Man, have you heard the Afro Man story? No. So I've, uh, been, maybe. I've been following it pretty closely. He, the, the police in Ohio, I think, somewhere in Ohio, like in the sheriffs, busted through his gate and his door looking for drugs and totally tore his house apart, broke his door, busted everything. And there was no drugs, no trafficking, no anything they were looking for. So he was like, Are you going to pay for this shit you destroyed? And like, no. So he took the security camera footage from his, his house and he turned into songs like, are you going to fix my door? Fuck my get big, big. And they started making fun of like the, the fat guy who wanted to eat his lemon pound cake. <laughs> they like a song called lemon pound cake. Cause I was listening to these. I've been listening. To, um, it's great. And he's been like charting and like getting YouTube hits of these songs. And he's being sued now by these sheriffs for using their likeness and, and causing trauma. But they kicked his fucking door down. Tore his house up for nothing, and they didn't repair it. So fuck him, right? Good, good for Afro Man. Look yeah. that shit up. It's fucking hysterical. The lemon pound cake one is great. <laughs> he made t-shirts. Yeah, Call him Peter Griffin. Oh wow! Fat cop. Help me, help me repair my door. Official music video. Yeah. I'll have to watch this after. Yeah, the lemon pound cake's another one to check out. But yeah, that's the Afro Man story. All right, here is Squeezer's next pick. Here? Your name? Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yes. Right this way. This trip is already here. Oh. Monica. Monica Lewinsky. Oh. 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 You look nice. Oh, thank you. It's my lucky dress. <laughs> What is that? Uh, it was from SNL. It was a cold Is that Molly Shannon? Uh, Molly Shannon uh, playing Monica Lewinsky and John Goodman playing Linda Tripp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot. <coughs> I forgot it's, she played Linda Tripp. Yeah, it, it possibly is my favorite, even though as much as I love Will it, Ferrell playing Janet Reno is pretty good, too. Will Ferrell playing Janet Reno. It's Reno but, time. Yeah. But John Goodman, and the fact they didn't even try to be effeminate in any way, in fact, went deeper in his voice playing Linda Tripp. <laughs> These sketches were some of the best. And some of the – Molly Shannon played her 15 times. John Goodman's always on. Even if he wasn't hosting, he's one of those guys that would just show up to do, like, right. a sketch yeah. and be out and take no credit for it. Just right. come in, do it, and go. Um, he's He is a true he's national my treasure. He's fa my favorite – is he my favorite actor of all time? I think he is. Yeah, let's give it to him. Him and him and Martin Sheen. <laughs> um, but it it was oh, it was so good. And the best is she's oh, it's my lucky dress. As she takes up, and there's a big stain on it. <laughs> um, you, you heard that feedback. John Goodman's wearing a he has a big <laughs> wire. Trip's wearing a big flat. It's a giant flower. Later in the sketch, he was like. <laughs> So what do you have to say? And when you say it, talking to the flower. <laughs> and just like leaning right into her and like grabbing her by the hair and like pushing her in. Um, and then that, oh, that leads to the Live from New York at Saturday Night Live. Oh, Dan Aykroyd had a cameo. In the background, he is playing um, Ross Perot in the background, just like eating soup and watching them all miserable. <laughs> um, th this might, it, it possibly, it's the, it, po the weird, I want to say it, was at one point the weirdest time in America politics. But and as a kid though, 
you know what? I'm not. I don't get political on the show, but this whole thing was one of the things that like turned me Democrat. Like made me say, well, I'm not Democrat. I'm I'm liberal, but like at the time, I was like, why are we having a trial for this man? Like it's none of Senate or Congress's business. Yeah, well, you can argue that he because he, he, he lied. The problem is he lied. That that's yeah, but his fucking yeah, they didn't make the lie the story. They made the the sexy drama. The story. right, I understand that, but yeah. like he's asked like if he got he fucked this or had sex with this intern in front of his wife. What the fuck's he gonna say? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that should actually be inadmissible at that point. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm just saying. I was like. Yeah. I'm, and I'm like, Bill Clinton's doing like the country was in a good place. And I mean, not a yeah. lot of people don't like Bill Clinton. Yeah, sure. He was, um, you know, it, it was the um, news swag, cycle really. is what that, that 24 hour news cycle at that point is what made it more of a story than I, I think it. Uh, His impeachment. Yeah, it, there was a time where it's like the seven. Oh, my God. I mean, you think like they hated or that how popular he was. They hated how much everyone fucking loved. But every president up until then was doing these things. I doubt George Herbert Walker Bush was. Uh, Oh, I hope he was. (laughs) I hope I doubt it. Yeah, what if don't not gonna do it? Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. I'm not gonna though go cheat on old Bar with some dumb hussy. Someone twenty years younger than him. So like someone in their like their sixties. Right. (laughs) Just not gonna do it. But like his version is like they're crocheting with him. He's like, oh yeah. Uh, We we played patty cake. It was very naughty. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) maybe not. Even though. Of all the American presidents, he might be the most bad. It's it's funny because by the time he's president, right, he was he's in this old man. But he fought in wars, he like he murdered people. He was right? a fighter pilot. He yeah. probably has more deaths to his name than any other American. Pre- maybe uh, not even Washington, because Washington was a general. He sat in a horse and pointed a sword. You know, I would say Truman. Well, I mean. <laughs> prior to prior to being president, <laughs> okay. Prior prior to being prior. able to say, do that thing over there, right? You know, doing it. Yourself. Come on, you got to give me credit for pulling <laughs> that. That's pretty goddamn. Thank yeah. you. All right, Truman wins. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd appreciate that. A clip, uh, in, a, in a millisecond. In a millisecond. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but as, as a kid, <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. Oh, but and then the, the sketch went on and on, and when every cold open was a different one, and it was all. Then it became like her and Linda Tripp on the phone, and they're talking about like losing weight, and the whole time they're just like Linda Tripp's like eating it. John Goodman's eating a whole pizza like at <laughs> once, just like fold like walks in with the box, walks out of frame, walks in with the pizza box, like folds up a whole pizza and just swallows a whole pizza. <laughs> Can you get uh, away with that today? Like, you should. No, and but... to be fair, Linda Tripp even came out and said that she found it humorous. There was only one. That might have been the one. So there was only one that kind of hurt her feelings. No. But other than that, I mean, granted, she did awful things and was indicted on numerous other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, there was no one innocent in all of that. No. Um. And granted, you know, I'll give Monica. She was 22. What do you expect her to do? What do you um, expect her to yeah. do? Well, she made a cameo appearance on SNL in uh, the next year, too, in, like, a dream sequence where, like, she wasn't real, but it was actually her. 
So they played it off like Molly Shannon was really her. It was they were so smart at for a time back then. That was a great with that that cast. The cast in the nine the cast the show in the nineties was at its best, I think. I think so too, yeah. It had, um it had like two of the best generations of cast between the Chris Farley, Adam Sandler generation. With and there's a lot of people that don't like that cast. Lead, they well, think they're, they're wrong. too immature and, and stupid. Leading up into the Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon cast. Like, those were the uh, best. They, I think, and they were at the absolute, the, the pinnacle. I still they think, were... I still think the early with, with Rock and Dana Carvey and Chris Farley and Sandler, I think that was the best. Oh, I don't just, I'm with you on that. But most people, a lot of people don't like them because there's a lot of like, they look at it as like frat boy humor. Oh, oh. like, all right, well, frat boy humor is funny then. All right. So. If it's funny, it's funny. I don't care what it's it is. Funny, it's funny, funny. It's funny. Um, but what's funny is being like a 15 year old kid and your parents are at that awkward stage where they don't, they don't want to talk about come with you. They don't, they, they don't want to talk. <laughs> they don't want to have the talk. What was that stand but, on her dress? But you can't turn. See, man. <laughs> you, you can't turn on the TV and not see it. Like when when they're just talking about semen stains on like the six o'clock news. Right. What a time to be alive. Right. Get fucking mom, go into my bedroom and find anything that isn't fucking semen stain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every right. boy. Every. every boy in the 90s had a blue gap dress. Fucking inch of my goddamn room's covered in it. So. Don't act like it's fucking a foreign topic, god damn it. No. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh, that's my gap dress. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where I don't know where I saw it, if it if it's real or not, but in an interview she thought it was um uh artichoke tip. Oh my god, like, someone thought, thought that's it was, a... like what's that stain? And she's like, No one said anything about it. And she's like, I thought it was artichoke tip. That's chunky. My goodness, you have something That's wrong so with you. That's so gross. Yeah. All right. I get checked out. Yeah, you definitely. I should. was almost afraid to pick this one because I didn't want to go down this road. Well, we're there, but yeah, we should, we could veer off it right now with something that's probably worse to drink than that. Mm. Now, where do you have to wash that awful taste out of my mouth? Mountain Dew or crab juice? Ugh. Oh, sheets! <laughs> I'll take a crab juice. <laughs> One of the best jokes. <laughs> that that might be my, my one of top five. Might, might be my favorite. I'm talking though about Orbit's beverages that drink with the little balls in it. What was it? Was it coconut? It wasn't coconut. It was like gelatin, I think. Now, see, these people got it wrong too. I'm reading this bustle story, and they're like. Is it just me or were companies in the 90s ultra experimental with food? And they're like clear Pepsi, green ketchup, Pop-Tarts, crunch cereal. The green ketchup was the year 2000. Near but this, 2000. The year 2000. But um, this, this soft drink known as Orbitz was very much 90. Described as texturally enhanced alternative beverages. Beverage. <laughs> Orbitz came on the scene in 97. Um, it's kind of like clearly Canadian with, uh, like, like, uh, I don't know if it was tapioca balls or, I don't know, but they said pretty much everything about it immediately repelled consumers from the taste, pineapple, banana, cherry, coconut was one, uh, single incoherent flavor to the tiny neon balls of gelatin 
suspiciously suspended mid-juice. How did those balls stay put, no matter how vigorously you shook the bottle? The orbit's technique was twofold. First, the balls had nearly equal density to the surrounding liquid, allowing them to seemingly defy gravity. And second, they're kept in place by a substance called gel and gum, which was mimicked the connective uh, abilities of a spider's web. I'm not kidding. A spider's web. That's from this article. That's disgusting. Oh, God. The ad campaigns were equally bizarre, with one key catchphrase being the drink with balls. <laughs> Sorry, why? I never bought this. I was so disgusted. Uh, no, I, I never had it. Yeah. When that line inexplicably seemed to gross people out, marketers went a different direction, declaring Orbits a new age beverage that hailed from the planet Orbits. It seemed cool, right? Well, maybe I should just let the drinks and add defunct promotional website speak for itself with the opening headline, courtesy of the Wayback Machine, prepare to embark on a tour into the bowels of the Orbitorium. <laughs> no one, no, don't ever use the word bowels when you're selling food or beverages. Yeah. Creators of the drink were apparently banking on people buying it exclusively for its appearance, which was intriguing. But um, it's defined as a soft drink. But it was not carbonated. Okay, it was not carbonated. Hmm. It was flat, fruit-flavored liquid with flavorless balls mixed in. Oh, God. <laughs> really selling me on this. Finding clever ways of describing flavors like vanilla orange and black currant berry had practically become a sport on message boards, with answers ranging from, it tastes like water that came out of a vase of used flowers. <laughs> that was a raspberry citrus. To each gelatinous blob bursting in my teeth like some twisted boil full of sugary pus, vanilla orange. It should be noted that the latter quote was in response to particularly foul fan uh, connotation, the Orbitz Martini concoction. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. I can't read. Um, someone said this may be on BuzzFeed. This may be what a lava lamp tastes like. <laughs> it does look like a Due to its undrinkableness, Orbitz was discontinued within a year of its release. Orbitz, the travel company, bought the website domain, and by 1998... It seemed as though the last trace of Orbit soft drink was wiped from the face of the earth. But You know, I Googled it, and it immediately took me to the travel site. Yeah. But then the beverage experienced an eBay renaissance beginning in 2012 because nothing dies for good these days. Orbit's now has collectors paying upwards of $30 for a single unopened bottle. Whole cases can run easily over $100. That's not a lot, really. I spend more on that on beer, and I drink it. And the hype was loud enough that in 2013, clearly Canadian Beverage Company announced they would be releasing a limited edition run of Orbits with the potential for it to become an annual treat. The promise never materialized, which I guess is for the best. Orbits. <laughs> the drink with balls. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It just Now that you describe it, I was always curious. Now I don't even want it. I never, ever, uh, uh, raspberry citrus, blueberry, melon, strawberry, pineapple, banana, cherry, coconut, vanilla, orange, black currant berry, and Charlie Brown chocolate are the flavors. Charlie Brown chocolate. Yeah. Got it. Oh, sorry. This is uh. sound. You're goddamn right. Charlie Brown fucking chocolate. Orbits. The drink with balls. Um. All right. Here we are. All right. I I need you to fill for thirty seconds. Okay. Talk about the drink of balls. 
Oh wait, not don't run your spot. Yeah, I know, no, I gotta. I... You gotta take a tinkle. Yeah, I gotta take all that drink, that ball drink. All that ball drink. Thirty seconds. It takes you longer than thirty seconds to tinkle. Should I, keep, should I do more of my uh, Mike Tyson? I'm not going to do that no more. Heathquither, I, I really think you're a, a sweet boy, but quite honestly, uh, if you don't stop taking pee breaks in the middle of the show, I'm going to bite your ear off and, and uh, fuck you until I, I make you love me. Is that what he said? It's more fun when you do it in the high-pitched register. That's why I guess everyone does it that way, because it's more fun. You guys wanted impressions. Some of you said, I like the impressions. And I said, God damn. Hold on. What was the one that was requested today by Joe? I should just do it since we're in a uh, we're in a little break here. I'm not going to cut it out either. I'll leave it on. It was um, Vince doing Dusty doing my dad. So Vince is like, God damn. God damn, pal, what are you doing? It's like, baby, please, on the American dream, Dusty Rose. I kind of sound like Ryan's Mike Tyson impression, just higher and more southern, baby. And then my dad's like, oh, Ryan, uh, I'm going to ignore you because uh, i got too many important things to do. So it's, let's say, Vince doing Dusty. Oh, yeah. Second most recognizable athlete in the world. Oh, Ryan, you're fl- uh, uh, I'd be like Vince and then Dusty doing my dad. Ryan, you're flood. Ryan, baby, you're fly down. I don't know. It's a weird inception Joe wanted. I can't think of how to do it properly. See, I told you. It's been longer than 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. I'm out of things. I, I give you a rundown of our current, our, our show rundown. Like what we have coming up. Uh, hold on, I sent it to Squeezer and it's shared. Why did I just check my notes? I typed it up in a an Uber in Las Vegas. So we're doing weird 90s this week. Then next week, obviously I was in Vegas, so it, it, it occurred to me, like, why don't we do a gambling show? We talk about all the gambling stuff that happened, uh, anything gambling related in 80s and 90s early 2000s retro mcdonald's threes the first show in may weird 2000s may 10th 517 ice cream show 2 524 more school memories i don't have an idea for 531 67 summer tv from 93 summer movies from 93 614 and everything summer 93 621 so that's the shows we have coming up um there he is he's done tingling Whew. sorry I did a lot of bad impressions while you were gone. So. Oh, well, there, here come the bad reviews. Here they come. I, I mean, I it's didn't my g- fault. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, the entire time I was singing Who Let the Dogs Out. So. Who, 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 who? <laughs> you can't not have it stuck in your head. All right. Here is uh, your last pick. What's this? This is that—that that was a uh, Ren squeezing Stimpy to use his farts to rocket propel them up a level. This is a video. You know, did you know what? By the way, the video game I played to start the show—the waiting music on YouTube. I was curious what it was. It was uh, Boogerman. 
a I, pick I have, and flick adventure. Yes, Boogerman is actually kind of half a part of this pick. Oh, okay. Uh, in, in reference only. Um, because there was a bunch of games that came out in the 90s, especially on, on Genesis. Um, that kind of really went just like they're going for like a weird, gross-out kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, Boogerman was like the pinnacle of it, almost like Boogerman was the jumping of the shark. It's like, let's see how gross we can make this. Yeah, Earthworm Jim was gross, but it was actually a good game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Earthworm Jim, like uh, Toe Jam and Earl was weird. Mm -hmm. uh, not gross, but weird. A little gross, but... Um, and yeah, Boogerman, the, the pinnacle. Did you ever play gross. Zombies Ate My Neighbors? That's one of my most favorite games when I was a kid. Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, but they were just, it was, I don't know, I don't want to call it like the MTV effect, or I, I, I think some developers, it's a combination of kids like gross stuff and like boogers, and they also know that, I think in Booger Man, they knew that they were going to get free marketing when the news picked up on it, and it was going to talk about it. Um, but uh, of all these games... And it's not the grossest, it's not the weirdest, but uh, Ren and Stimpy's, uh, Stimpy's Invention is my favorite. And I, 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 the game is really gross. Like, I mean, the fact that you use, you squeeze Stimpy to have him fart to propel you up uh, different levels, like, like a rocket pack, is pretty gross. If, and you can switch characters. And they each have different powers. Like if you squeeze, if you're Ren, you squeeze Stimpy and you like launch up like a like a balloon with his fart. If you're Stimpy, you spin Red's, Ren's head and it acts like a propeller and like a helicopter. And they each power has like a little ups and downs. Where like Ren can throw Stimpy like a bowling ball, uh, or and then Stimpy. 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 Anyway, but I know Ren can squeeze Stimpy and he hawks a hurl ball like a weapon. And then for some random ver version, like like you hit one combo and like Ren just slaps Stimpy. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> he just slaps him in the face and calls him. He goes, you idiot, and slaps him. Stimpy, you idiot. It, just, it has no effect on the game whatsoever, but you just have the ability to do it, which makes this one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's weird. It's very quirky. Like, there is, like, certain things where it's, like, if you have, like, pole vault over a level, you can actually use Ren as a pole vault. Or if you're Ren, you can jump on Stimpy and, like, jump over it, like, as he's, like, you're riding him like a horse. Mm -hmm. um, you can... Uh, Stimpy, you idiot. If you have to dig you and you're Stimpy, you grab Ren and use him as a shovel <laughs> and, and then use his head to dig. I want to play this if, game. It's so much. It is so much fun. I think I I, I gotta find. I still have it. Um, For Sega it, Genesis. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're Ren, you grab Stimpy and like use him as like a jackhammer. <laughs> um, it, it's it, it and it's a door. It, it it stays so true to the game. Uh -huh. um, the only I would say the downside it, it's an easy game and it's short. There's only like six levels. Um, it's not that challenging. Even I beat it, and I suck at video games. And this goes back. No, you I don't. A lot. I suck at video games. You've beaten fucking multiple video games. Uh, I don't play a lot of video games, but I play. I beat video games where I can just kind of. I mean, I, I guess Konami Code's fun, but you've beaten fucking like 
Grand Theft Auto. I've I've done that. That that that's not hard. It just takes time. You just gotta you just gotta get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta. I'm the my problem is I'm a completionist, so I gotta make sure I get like a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like oh, I got all the cocaine packs. Yay! Woohoo! Look at me. And all the jumps and all that shit. It takes a while. Um, but yeah, and then you, and it's so, it's weird too. Like you start out in a neighborhood, which is great. And then all of a sudden, like you jump into a freezer and now like you're just fighting your way through a freezer, fighting giant eyeballs and chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a zoo and there's monkeys throwing, uh, basically throwing poo at you. Okay. Um, and then the, the, it's not that hard. The hardest level, I would say the hardest level is at some point you're in the city and you're on a on a tandem bicycle and you can't control like you can control a little bit how fast and slow you go, but it doesn't matter. You're going downhill. And so I think of it as like the roller skating in California games. Okay. So you, but going downhill. So it's a lot faster. So you have to like duck and dodge and jump all the cracks and stuff like that. And then like hit the landing at the end. Just right. Right. That's the hardest part of the game. After that, it, it's not it's not that bad, and that is close towards the end. Then you deal in the pound in some weird, like, stimpy world where there's, like, uh, eyeballs and giant thumbs that flick in the air, and then eventually you're in Stimpy's Invention, and it's very similar to, like, a Sonic the Hedgehog level, I, if I recall, where it's like you're in a giant machine. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it, it's super fun. Uh, it, it's gross. And it's very weird. It's, I mean, it's Ren and Stimpy, and a, and a Genesis game. Like I said, it's not hard. It's not the most complex thing, but as as far as like making a game true to the the spirit and weirdness of a show, right? I I, I think this game nails it. All right. Well, I think that means we are at the end of the line. This Squeeze is the it. end. My only friend, the end. Wait, was that the last pick? Yeah. I went first? I went first, so you had you the last pick. Oh, I didn't realize that was it. We're done. We're, well, we're two hours in, huh. Squeezer. Oh, okay. Sorry, I had to go. I, I, I tried to do it. No, I held mine like a good boy. I There was, there was no... It was <laughs> going to be bad. Um... We'll be back next week with, uh, I forgot what I just told you we're talking about. Are uh, we doing Weird 2000s? Not next week. It's the gambling show. Oh. They're talking about gambling. Like anything gambling from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Uh, we got other shows I just told you, but um, that's it for now. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Um, stay weird, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>